So childbirth is such an amazing and empowering experience. And knowing how to work with your pelvic floor can really, really be a game changer. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howald, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. Today, I want to help you understand how you can prepare your pelvic floor for the major event, which is labor and delivery. I've heard it in the clinic. I've also heard it in our expecting and empowered community that women are told to just do kegels and that's all they need to do before birth. And oh boy, I wish that I could explain to everybody what we want to be doing in preparation and during labor and delivery, because this is really going to help set you up for success. And it's not just as simple as kegels, but I also wouldn't leave kegels out. So childbirth is such an amazing and empowering experience. And knowing how to work with your pelvic floor can really, really be a game changer. We also know that for first-time moms, there's a lot of fear with the unknown with birth, which is 100% normal and to be expected. For my first two, I prepped for vaginal births, and I was really, really nervous. But we believe here that knowledge is power. So the more that you know leading up into the birth, the more confident you can be in yourself and the more that you can trust your own body and its process. The goal of this episode is to help you improve your labor experience, improve your ability to work with your body during childbirth, to decrease tearing or any unnecessary trauma to the pelvic floor, and also reduce your risk of needing an emergency C-section. Let's start by understanding the pelvic floor and its role in labor and delivery. The pelvic floor is a group of muscles, ligaments, and tissues that form a supportive sling at the base of your pelvis. It plays a vital role in supporting our internal organs, including our uterus, our bladder, and our rectum, and it is also crucial during childbirth. The pelvic floor acts like a trampoline. It provides support for your baby during pregnancy, but its role in labor and delivery is to get out of the way. An OB that we have talked with often says that she finds that moms that try to do unmedicated births, really one of the big hurdles for them is relaxing their pelvic floor because they have so much sensation in their bottom. So really allowing that pelvic floor to relax. We often have tight pelvic floors or asymmetry in our pelvic floor 
going into pregnancy or they can be created by pregnancy because of the excessive pressure on our pelvic floor. So again, this can happen from a wide variety of things. It could happen from an injury, even when we were young, like falling off a bike or taking a bike seat to our bottom. It could happen from having chronic ankle sprains from playing basketball, which affects this area as well because our foot absorbs force. If our foot can't absorb force, it goes in up the knee to our pelvic floor. And then also, you know, all those pictures of like your baby's the size of a baby pumpkin, your baby's the size of a watermelon. Listen, that is all pressure that is put on your pelvic floor during pregnancy. And the baby sits right on top of that pelvic floor. And as a uterus grows, expands, there's more weight to it. It really can have a, an impact on this area. So it's essential to not only have a strong pelvic floor to help support each pregnancy and our normal daily activities, you guys, like so lifting up groceries, all such things, but it's also important to have a flexible pelvic floor to avoid complications that can happen later on. And again, pelvic floor issues include incontinence, prolapse. We do have a whole episode on incontinence that you could listen to if you're experiencing this, which we covered in episode 17. So head on back if you have issues with that. So now, how do we achieve this ideal of having strength and flexibility? In the fitness industry, there seems to be trends, which honestly drive me bonkers as a PT, because muscle physiology really stays the same. There's got to be some basics that we do. So these trends that I see include, okay, make sure you do your kegels, but then they say, don't do kegels, make sure you have flexibility in your pelvic floor. Or don't do any of those, just do regular activities that incorporate whole body movements and this will help our pelvic floor. Listen, all of these are actually correct. Like I said, muscles anatomically need to have flexibility so they can relax during daily life. So even when we're pooping, when we're breathing, we should have some relaxation of this pelvic floor and each breath does this. And also, this becomes very, very important, our ability to relax during labor and delivery so that the pelvic floor doesn't act like a hurdle. We also need strength and endurance when asked to contract, which happens every day, lifting a kid, lifting groceries. It becomes important during pregnancy too because if you have a weak pelvic floor, this area will tend to tighten and tighten. It will tighten to gain stability because you don't have it in a solid, strong muscle. So they really do need to play nicely with one another and both need to function to have a healthy pelvic floor. So at 36 weeks of pregnancy, what you'll see in the pregnancy app that we have is that we're starting to focus more on flexibility. At the beginning of pregnancy, we want to focus on both flexibility and strength so we can accomplish more flexibility through breathing and movements and the positions that we're in. We want to keep that upper back and mid back area really moving. So we want to breathe into our bra line. So imagine breathing air in through your nose 
down your spine and into that bra line to really get your brain on board with this, you can bend over. So you can be all the way in a squat holding on to a countertop or a doorway and really bending your head in towards your chest and air comes in all the way through your back. This area will tend to get really stiff as the pregnancy progresses. We can also just breathe in a deep squat. That is going to lengthen our our pelvic floor naturally just by sitting in that position. So we really want to continue to add that flexibility throughout the pregnancy, but we really want to do kegels as well. Like I said, you have to have that support from below, and often people don't know how to do kegels correctly. When they ask people in studies to do kegels, three-fourths of them don't do kegels correctly. So thinking about your tailbone pulling in towards the pubic bone or lifting up. If you were to also think about having a smoothie and the straws in your vagina, like that upward motion is your pelvic floor contracting. You could also take your hand and put it underneath your sits bones and like, like, along the sits bones and fingers pointing upwards, and that is your pelvic floor. So if I'm doing a Kegel, I should feel those muscles lift off my hand as I try to do that Kegel. Throughout pregnancy, one of the things that people really struggle with is that their belly will kind of come forward and their baby is not stacked above their hips. So the more that we can kind of hug our baby throughout the day, this keeps the baby in line with the hips a little bit better so that they're not in a bad position for the pelvis or the pelvic floor. Additionally, we want to keep our lower backs moving. This takes a lot of strain off the uterine ligaments, which connect into our lower back. The uterus has all these supporting ligaments that connect in these areas. So it's not just about the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor gets blamed for a lot, but all of these areas really work in conjunction. So some positions, again, that work really well for stretching out your pelvic floor is one that's called sideline pelvic floor release. So laying on your side, lifting up your pelvic floor a sideline happy baby where it's one side of your pelvic floor stretching out. And we really want to breathe and own these positions. Additionally, we can do quadruped rocking back and forth, quadruped tail leg. A kegel in this position is really nice in pregnancy because it takes the weight of the baby and takes it off of your pelvic floor. So you can really focus on your pelvic floor in this position. We do have a little freebie for you guys. So it's not like you have to memorize these that show all these positions. And then breathing, again, breathing in the doorway, breathing in that squat, holding on with one hand in the doorway, breathing into your back bra line. We really need to stay connected to our pelvic floor to have an optimal labor and delivery. And the best postpartum recovery, because if we do all these things during pregnancy, hopefully labor and delivery goes a little bit smoother, and then there's less to work on on the recovery side. So again, we've put all of these together in a freebie for you, so you don't, you just have to do them. So remember that you can go down to the show notes and download those there.
We're going to take a quick break. This podcast is sponsored by the Expecting and Empowered Prepping for Labor and Delivery course. This is our self-paced online course that will help prepare your mind, body, and partner for what's to come during the major event of labor and delivery. Here's a quote from someone that took our course. The Expecting and Empowered course made most of my anxiety about giving birth go away. The more educated I became, the more I could advocate for myself and this baby. The course got my wheels churning and really allowed me to wrap my head around the birthing process. What makes this course different from others is the unique combination of expertise between myself and my sister, Crystal. We marry her physical therapist knowledge with my background as a nurse, personal trainer, and doula. We also have six births under our belts, three vaginal and three cesarean. This helps us to deliver real tangible tips, such as the best positions to help labor progress, what to actually expect during each each stage of labor and what your partner can actually do to be helpful. This and so much more is why this course is all you need to feel ready to tackle labor. Knowledge is power. Make sure you use the promo code podcast 25 at checkout to save 25% off the prepping for labor and delivery course. We'll put the link in the show notes. And now back to our show. Like I alluded to, posture throughout our days can have a great effect on our pelvic floor. So I'm going to go through a couple tips and then I'll go through a little bit of more what is ideal posture. So for our pelvic floor during pregnancy and all the time, we want to avoid creating excessive strain on our pelvic floor. Ways that we minimize that or accomplish that are breathing, of course, so trying to really breathe all the way down to our pelvic floor. And then one thing that we don't talk enough about is proper peeing and pooping. So when you're peeing, you want to make sure that you're not pushing urine out because that kind of activates the pelvic floor instead of letting it relax. When we poop and pee, our pelvic floor should also just relax. During pooping, actually, too, you lengthen your pelvic floor a little bit as you poop. So really allowing that area to relax, trying to avoid constipation during pregnancy, which can be really hard. So obviously some of that is diet. Some of that though is excessive pressure on these organs. So excessive pressure on the bladder, excessive pressure on the rectum. If we're in less optimal positions, we won't have as much bladder capacity during pregnancy. So our bladder sits in front of the uterus. So if our belly is kind of hanging forward during pregnancy, or you're in that pregnancy posture where you have a little bit more of a sway back, that is going to minimize the amount of urine that your body can actually hold during pregnancy. So one thing to do would be to give your baby a hug throughout the day, trying to get the bump more over your pelvis uh, instead of having it lean forward. In the clinic, I'm always making sure all of my pregnancy patients can do what's called anterior pelvic tilt and posterior pelvic tilt. So if you're standing with your back against the wall with your knees out a little bit, can you flatten your back against the wall and then let your belly hang, flatten your back against the wall? This is really hard for people to do, and it's something that we want to make sure that we maintain throughout pregnancy. So we don't want to be in an excessive anterior pelvic tilt, which is with that 
back arch, nor do we want to have our butt squished and everything tucked in front of us, which is posterior pelvic tilt. So we want a happy medium. One way to check that is to touch your pubic bone, touch your hip bones on either side, and it should be in the same plane or orientation. If it is not, you might be in one of these things. Another quick way to check it is if you lay on your back, legs straight, is there a big gap between your low back and the floor? And then if you try to flatten your back, do your legs pop off the ground? That would mean that you're stuck in an anterior pelvic tilt. And we want to avoid that during pregnancy because again, it's going to put excessive pressure on our pelvic floor itself. And then two, so my third pregnancy, I was noticing like having pressure in my pelvic floor and thank goodness I'm a women's health PT because I was like, this is not normal. I just need to spend a little bit more time focusing on my pelvic floor. So breathing into that area, stretching that area out and then following that up with kegels. And then it went away right away. I think we chalk a lot of these things up as a normal part of pregnancy when again, they're common, but not normal. And two, Women that urinate, so whether it's a drop or a lot during pregnancy, 15 years down the road, they're more likely to be incontinent compared to the people that didn't leak at all during pregnancy. So these literally are like little yellow flags that we just want to be cautious of. And then moving on to knowing what to do during labor. I think there's a lot more information out there now than when I had kids, but it was really hard to find this information. So we wanted to provide you with some of the tips and tricks that should hopefully help you during labor and delivery. So in the U.S., 68% of women actually push on their back, although ACOG, so the OB is advise against not doing that. They actually advise in more optimal positions. This is not what's happening usually in a labor and delivery unit. So we want to avoid pushing on our back because we're working against optimal pelvic alignment. Instead, you could try other positions like sideline if you have an epidural. Quadruped is another great position to actually be pushing in. So at the end, when you're pushing, quadruped, a semi-squat is a good position. Anything that has our knees close to each other and ankles outward is also going to open up the bottom of the pelvis. So even if you're sidelining, throwing a little towel underneath your ankles will help accomplish this. This way, our body is either working with gravity and or improving the bottom of your pelvis getting bigger so there's less stuff, bony problems to push against. So I also understand that sometimes the medical team wants you to be on your back and it's really hard to advocate for yourself in these situations. So if you and the medical team feels more comfortable having you on your back, you could try elevating your head a little bit by bringing the hospital bed up. You could also um, put a towel roll under the right side of your sacrum so that your sacrum is not pinned to the bed and it gives you a little bit more room for pushing and that way the tailbone's out of the way and the pelvic floor is relaxed maximally in that position. 
Additionally, we want to think about, like I said, relaxing the pelvic floor, which can be really, really hard, obviously, during this time. So we want to think about the sits bones on each side, those widening side to side, really untucking our tailbone. So if you were an animal or a tiger, you're like letting your tail lift up as if you're untucking those legs. We want to practice before labor and delivery, lengthening our pelvic floor on the toilet when we're pooping. So as we're exhaling, pushing that air out, slowly letting our pelvic floor lengthen and come down a little bit. And you can practice this in labor and delivery. Mirrors can be super helpful so that you can see the pelvic floor relaxing, your muscles kind of coming towards the mirror or bulging out. We also want to use cues in our brain. So instead of often in the labor and delivery unit, they'll tell you to like push like you're pushing out poop, but actually the muscles are a little bit different than those muscles that push out poop. So we want to imagine pushing out a tampon because the muscles that go around the vagina are not all the same as the muscles that go around the anus. Additionally, if we're clenching our jaw or holding our breath a lot, it's going to put more tension in our pelvic floor. So you can practice relaxing your jaw during labor and delivery. You can make a little sound like mm, like an M sound, placing your tongue in the roof of your mouth, thinking about the back of your throat opening up can really help you create length in your pelvic floor. It's actually kind of crazy, but all of the sphincters work together. So let's talk a little bit about after labor and delivery and the recovery, because we do know that pelvic floor health is a continuum throughout a lifespan. So even knowing and preparing for childbirth, there's a lot that happens to this area in a short amount of time. So recovery is so important. And often I find women have a very hard time connecting with their pelvic floor. And that's for numerous reasons. Our ribs spread wide, our breathing patterns change. And the quicker that we can restore this, the quicker that we can come back to autonomic function. Like things just work when they're supposed to work. Otherwise, like this morning, I saw a woman that she's got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old, and we're just like unwinding all of these compensatory problems that she's built up. Obviously, I don't know because I didn't see her right when she had her babies, but if I would have saw her earlier or if she would have done like the Expecting an Empowered Postpartum Guide where she really intentionally worked on connecting with these areas, would things be different? My guess would be yes, but obviously we don't know. So I really think reconnecting with your body after baby, society just thinks that we're like good to go back to work, good to do all these things, and there needs to be a diligent process. As an athlete too, after my first, I really just wanted to lose weight. I wanted my body back. And I know that I rushed into things. This was before we had expecting and empowered. And it just made a lot of things harder. And I wish I would have known what I know now about like the slow recovery and really reconnecting to your body. Because as an athlete, these rehab exercises are sometimes annoying because you want to do your raw and you want to do your thing, but really slowing down. So hopefully you guys feel more empowered on your pregnancy journey now that you know about what you need to do to prepare your pelvic floor for labor and delivery. We hope that you found today's episode informative and empowering. 
or to if you have another friend that's pregnant, please share this episode with them. Remember too, we've made you that free prep sheet that you can do prior to childbirth. All of the exercises that you see on this prep sheet are strategically inside of the app, inside of the workout programming. A lot of the strength stuff tends to be more flexibility and core at the last part of pregnancy inside the app. So all of the, that's the golden ticket, but you can also use this prep sheet that we have free for you for a free download at, in the show notes. Remember, knowledge is power and with the right preparation, you can navigate this childbirth experience with confidence. I really think if you know a little bit of this information, you're able to trust your body so much in the process of bringing your baby into this world. So until next time.